0: Good
1: afternoon and welcome. As you heard in Amber's News, presidential hopeful Bernie Sanders joined the latest American insulin caravan on their trip to Windsor to buy supplies. On this side of the border, insulin is cheap and easy to buy without a prescription. And, you know, your heart has to go out to Americans who have to skip or ration this life-saving drug because it costs 10 times more in the United States. Have a listen.
2: I am part of this caravan in memory of my son, um, Alex Smith, who passed away on June 27th of 2017 from diabetic ketoacidosis as a result of rationing his insulin because he could not afford it. We need a long-term solution. This, this isn't, isn't the solution. This isn't the fix to what's going on in America, but it's, it's temporary.
3: We are from a developed country. We are from a great country, but we are not taking care of our citizens.
1: Well, we all love to help our neighbors, but there is a big caveat here. Fifteen organizations representing patients and practitioners have sent a letter to the federal health uh, minister, Jeanette Pettypaw-Taylor, warning that increasing American demand for cheaper insulin and other drugs could lead to shortages here. I'd like to hear from you. What do you think? Have you uh, experienced any of this firsthand? Maybe uh, you are a diabetic who needs insulin and it's not a problem. It, of course, was discovered here in Canada nearly a hundred years ago. And, uh, um, you can buy a vial is 34 bucks here. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free 1-866- Seven forty 740 And right now, I am joined by Joelle Walker, who is the Vice President of Public Affairs at the Canadian Pharmacists Association, and Seema Nagpal, who is the Vice President of Science and Policy at Diabetes Canada. Ladies, welcome. Thanks for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let's start with Joelle. Uh, Joelle, what do you make of this? This, of course, is not the only time there has been a caravan of Americans coming across the border to buy cheaper insulin.
2: I think, yeah, I think, and to your point, I think, we, you know, our hearts go out to people who want to make sure that they're having access to affordable medications. Um, you know, one of the big challenges that we've had in Canada for many years now is sort of a growth and increase in drug shortages, and I think that's what underlies a lot of our concern with the potential for legislation that is passing in the United States that would allow for importation. Um, you know, when, when sort of smaller groups of patients come up to the state to take Canada from the United States, um, you know, there's not necessarily a huge risk there of having uh, you know, for that to lead to drug shortages, because we're not talking about a lot of volume, but the potential for, you know, a country that's 10 times our size to to be kind of using our drug supply here in Canada um, is a big concern for, for us as, um, you, know, you know, representing health professions and and, and our patients. So that, that's a really big challenge, and, and drug shortages are not new to Canada. Um, and in a survey we did in 2018 at the end of the year, um, we were quite surprised to find that as many as one in or Canadians has actually experienced a drug shortage, either personally or a family member. So those, you know, those statistics were a little higher than what we were expecting in terms of uh, how many Canadians are faced by this. And so the potential for um, that legislation to exacerbate shortages in Canada is of real concern for us.
1: And Seema Nagpal, what's your view on this? Um, just listening
3: to the clips that you aired um, before uh, before we started speaking, it really does um, you know pull on your heartstrings, and it's it's a really uh, a dire situation for people when they can't access insulin. Um, as you know, people living with uh, type one diabetes require insulin in order to live. It's it's not a choice; it's not a preferred treatment. They they must have insulin in order to live. Um, so I, I absolutely sympathize and understand. And, um, the desire and, and the desperation that people feel um, to, to get access to insulin that's affordable and, and um uh, available to them, uh, so that uh, I just I guess to highlight that uh, there's a lot of compassion and understanding for what these um, these people living with diabetes and their families are, are doing by coming to Canada to get access. Um, but of course, the issue, as Joelle highlighted, is that uh, the Canadian drug supply um, can't sustain Americans living with diabetes as well. So we uh, are concerned that that might uh, compromise care here in Canada, and that's why. Um, we raised this issue of potential drug shortages uh, to the Minister of Health and uh, we are in ongoing co- conversations with uh, the Minister of Health and the department to make sure that um, that they're able to, to monitor the situation and to react as needed. Uh,
1: before we go any further, uh, and I think this would be a question for Janelle, can you just uh, give us a little bit of context about how we get our supply and uh, the rules around it. So, uh, you know, how is our supply separate from the American supply? I know that they have relaxed their rules and they have allowed Americans to get drugs from the United States. But can you just uh, give us an idea about how, to, how that all works?
2: Well, Canada's drug supply, and I think it's important for people to, to remember that we're a fairly small market here in Canada. We represent under 2% of the global market for for medications. So, um, you know, our, our supply annually is determined by historical trends in terms of um, how much we consume of various medications, be it insulin or other, either prescription or, or um, non-prescription medications. So um, these decisions are made by, by you know, global companies. And um, again, we have a fairly small supply here in Canada. So when we see a dramatic uh, increase, potentially a dramatic increase in, um, in use in Canada. Our, our market is not necessarily equipped to deal with that, particularly if it's happening quickly. If it happens over time, then, you know, those things may be able to adjust. But again, that sort of um, immediate change in, in uh, practices and in, in um, consumption patterns will actually have a, a pretty devastating impact on on the availability of medications in Canada, uh, okay. which is already under very great strain.
1: Yeah, so just... just uh to clarify, so it's, it is a multinational drug company that, that would decide how much insulin is put aside for Canada. It's not the Canadians ordering it.
2: Well, again, it's, sort of pre, it's, it's based on how many Canadians would order it typically in, an annu- in, an, in a year that helps um, companies know how much to manufacture for their global supply. So most of the companies who, who do this, I mean, they supply um, countries, of, you know, all the countries around the world. So, um, you know, they do that based on historical patterns. So, uh, you know, again, if, if there's a dramatic rise in, in, in consumption in a particular year, we will not have that supply available to us that year.
1: Okay, well that's um that's kind of interesting because as you point out and callers uh I do want to hear from you not just for this particular thing because there have been shortages of other drugs. Sometimes there are issues with the supply that it's been contaminated. Sometimes there are issues of price, uh, sometimes manufacturer might decide mm, not worth it to make that anymore. Um yes so uh, uh, sema what what is your view um, if I can just kind of
3: make another point to um, if, if you don't mind it, 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 we're talking here about the cost of drugs and um in the u s but it, it's we can't be too smug here in, in Canada either. Um, we have difficulties accessing medications because of cost here too. So while we, you know, we always try to think that or feel that our healthcare system is superior to the American system and, and that in this case, our drug prices are so much more reasonable um, and much of, you know, some of that is certainly true. Um, I, I want to just really highlight that there are many cases Canadians here in Canada that can't afford the medications that they need in order to, to live well as well. So um, while we're having this conversation here today, I think in the back of our mind, we need to remember that there's a lot of work here in Canada to be done to make medications more accessible and um, making sure they're available to people who need them to, to better their own health here too.
1: Yeah, well, I think yeah, that's something that on this show we have covered extensively in the push for pharmacare and the studies that show that a lot of people can't afford for their meds. But uh, just uh, dealing with with this thing today, I'd like to bring in Dean Miller, who is a pharmacist. Hi, Dean. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm just great. Uh, so on the ground, uh, w- what's your view of this? Uh, you know, you deal with the patients on the ground in your pharmacy. I'm sure you dispense a lot of insulin.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, insulin is, is pretty much as commonplace as, uh, you know, somebody having a glass of water around a pharmacy because, uh, you know, I mean, it's been around for, you know, almost a hundred years and still has, uh, a lot of, uh, use in pharmacies. It's one of those things that, uh, you know, Canadian discoverers, uh, you know, um, <laughs> made many, many years ago. So we've, uh, you know, anytime, uh, a shortage or something or a potential shortage um you know is is uh we're we're concerned about it because uh, you know it, you know we've we've seen probably in the last ten years with a lot of the pricing controls that have gone in uh manufacturers are just um they're just not manufacturing the way they used to so uh many of the medications that have previously been made in Canada are no longer made here and you know we've uh, that inventory flow impacts the pharmacy so i'm sure that a lot of the listeners have of in the uh, you know they probably been subject to a lot of these shortages already themselves for a lot of different medications and you know we just heard last week that You know EpiPen uh again is you know for for probably the fifth year in a row is is going to be a problematic product this fall you know there's a company that's no longer going to make over-the-counter codeine that's that's gonna you know that as much as we could have a big discussion on that you know that's going to be short this fall and now you know and now the the you know the the newsworthy item of of the weekend when uh the insulin caravan uh coming up into into windsor and uh Um, You know, as much as in the past, you know, we've never seen any issues with insulin. Um, uh, And, you know, pharmacists are, are, you know, that's one of the roles that we play is to ensure that the medication is there for our patients. Um, You know, it it can be a little scary because, uh, you know, if this ends up being like the Internet pharmacy phenomena of the early... Two uh, thousands um you know it, it could develop into something
1: well that's one of the aspects of this is that the the thinking is that that um I, I, the that if it's if it's opened up for Americans to be able to buy it online i mean we have restrictions on online pharmacy but uh uh joel uh could you get into that with us for for a bit please? Absolutely. And, you know, purchasing
2: online is something that people are still sort of trying to figure out and whether they want to buy medications online. And what we've seen is a bit of a growth of unregulated illegal online pharmacies, some of which sort of purports themselves to be Canadian because there is sort of that safety of of medication that's assumed that when it comes from a Canadian pharmacy that it is safe. But these are not Pharmacies that are regulated um, by the, regu- you know, by the colleges and regulators in Health Canada. These are people who are operating outside of sort of the, the legal boundaries, and many of them are still actually are not even. Um, are, are not even Canadians. If you look at the actual contact information, it might go back to another pharmacy in the U.S. or somewhere else. So that growth of onla- illegal online pharmacies um, is, a, is probably going to put a lot of American patients at risk if they um, if they try to order online. They don't necessarily know, you know, what are the pharmacies, the legitimate pharmacies in Canada, and accidentally stumble upon a you know a pharmacy that says that they're Canadian has the Canadian flag. Order something from there, and it's not even something that's been Health Canada approved. It's counterfeit, uh, et cetera. So that that's another concern. And again, um, when medications either flow through from can, you know uh, from um, from other places through Canada um, that are not um, legitimate, Health Canada approved, um, you know sometimes they stay here, and it also can expose. Canadians to some of those more, uh, those unregulated sources and put people at risk. So, you know, trying to be preventative and trying to to not create a, 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 you know, a space for for that to kind of flourish is sort of very front and center in our minds as well.
1: Okay, I'd like to give the numbers out again, people we'd like to hear from you, if you have a view on this, if you have some direct experience of this, if you have type 1 diabetes, you need your supply of insulin. Do you worry that uh, Americans might... uh, Take your insulin because it is so much cheaper here. The numbers to call four one six three six zero zero seven forty toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty and let's go to Stephen in Parkdale. Hi Stephen.
5: Hi, I love you. Okay, I'm a bit confused by this whole issue, so um, please bear with me. Okay, the price of insulin here is set by the government.
1: Well, there there are restrictions on it.
5: Okay. Now, is the insulin that we're using here in Canada per- manufactured in Canada?
1: I do not believe so. Just, uh, what's your point, Stephen? Or what's your oh, question? Okay,
5: because if it was manufactured here in Canada, I don't see why we wouldn't see that as an opportunity to grow our industry. Yeah,
1: but we've just been hearing that a lot of things are no longer manufactured here in Canada because of costs and that um, multinationals that that um, make the stuff uh, decide way in advance how much they're allocating for each country.
5: I see. So it's okay. the, the country that gets to decide the price.
1: Uh, well, the, the country can put restrictions on the price, Stephen? Thanks okay. for your call. Uh, yeah, so uh, this is a, a big conundrum, as we're hearing, not just for insulin. Uh, I'm wondering, is one possible solution to this, because the Americans on one, on one side are loosening up their rules to allow uh, their citizens to get cheaper drugs here, it's becoming a big issue in the U.S., is it any kind of solution at all to think of uh, putting a prescription, a Canadian prescription requirement, on it? Um, I guess either Dean or Joel,
4: um, Libby. Uh, w- one thing that you know, we I, I don't think anybody's talked about is that most people do get. Uh, A prescription for their through their insulin because you know they manage it through their physician and whatnot. But insulin is actually a schedule what we call a schedule two product, so you don't necessarily need to uh, get a prescription for it. So, for instance, if an American came to Canada, it's really in the discretion of that pharmacist to say. Hey, you know what? I'm going to sell that to you because, you know, I think you need it. And, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to say no to a, to a diabetic patient, right? So it's, you know, regardless of what country they're from, but, but it truly is not a prescription product. So, so, you know, some of those things about some of the regulations around pricing. You know as much as they're they're there, they don't apply as much to insulin as they do to say you know somebody that might have metformin, which of course is a diabetic drug um, but that's got you know every province has got the ability to sort of control what their price is in that marketplace, but insulin's a little bit different
1: well yeah what i what I'm asking is, and Joelle, I don't know if you have a view on this. It is a possible solution if in fact Canadian supply is threatened, is a possible solution to require a Canadian prescription to buy it here?
2: Well, again, I don't think we want to necessarily put up barriers for Canadians as well, right so there's there are some reasons why medications become prescription or non prescription and you know I think there's been a lot of focus on insulin, and that's you know that may be a good case example, but the potential for the legislation uh, in the states could apply to um, a number of other medications, some of which are prescriptions and some of which are not. So I think one of the things we want to be mindful of is not to also then create barriers for Canadian patients who are accessing it right now. Um, and that could potentially be the case if we are requiring prescriptions. Um, you know, if somebody's sort of walking, and I think Dean sort of said this, if, if we're, you know, it's very difficult for pharmacists to, you know, to, to to not provide the medications to a patient that walks into their door. Um, you know, they want to be able to, they're there to provide that patient care and that, that experience. So um, it's, it's really a balancing act. And, uh, you know, this is why, you know, as the stakeholders who wrote this letter, we want to be working with both the federal government, with provincial governments and other stakeholders to make sure that we have Solutions that are not going to then create sort of un- con- uh, unintended consequences um, for our, the future of our drug supply here. So it, it may not be that we might, that we'll feel something immediately, but you know, if this pa- legislation passes, or if there are other things that we're kind of messing around to try to control things that we're not creating an inadvertent loopholes. Or so it really, we really need sort of that comprehensive solution and one that looks as well as to what's happening globally. And I think there's an opportunity for the Canadian government to take some leadership. Um, with other countries to try to identify what's driving some of these shortages that are happening both in Canada and globally uh, and to play a leadership role to kind of bring everybody together and have those conversations. And then lastly, I would say, you know, the other uh, example that we've had recently is a medication that was compromised in the sense that um, there were found to be some impurities and there was a major recall last summer of Valsartan that yep. then led to some of the others. So all of these are things that happen sort of not in isolation from each other, and we really need a comprehensive strategy and an action plan for for how we're going to address all of those uh,
1: Seema Nagpal, do you think that uh, you know requiring a Canadian prescription for insulin is a possible solution or something that would as Joel pointed out put barriers uh, for Canadian patients
3: yeah I think I think Joel hit it quite nicely on the head that um, putting up uh, barriers to accessing medications is is not in the best interest of people living with diabetes here in Canada that that something um, a solution that would include that would make it harder when a person is um, trying to fill a prescription away from or trying to get access to insulin away from home or if they're in a situation where they have run out of insulin in, in a particular context and they require it they can go into their pharmacy and pick it up so there's various situations where um, because insulin is life sustaining for people with diabetes that they require it immediately where um Putting in a requirement for a prescription would actually be harmful to um, to them and, and may result in, in poor health outcomes. So that's probably not not something to pursue. Um, but again, uh, Joel hit this too. Um, insulin is really a, a flashpoint right now because of the caravan and and, um, and because it is uh, uh, a life sustaining medication for people with type 1 diabetes. But, but drug importation from, uh, Canada to the uh, U.S. applies to all drug categories and, and it's not new. It just, um, in, in the context of the, of the new legislation is, is, Potentially going to increase, so um, anything that would um, impact insulin alone really isn't capturing the magnitude of the problem. It, it needs to be something that addresses the full scope of the problem, not just insulin. low <laughs> from the perspective of, of Diabetes Canada, that's you know obviously our, our focus, but I think. Um, I think overall, it needs to be a much bigger strategy to uh, to ensure that the Canadian drug supply isn't impacted by by changes in American policy.
1: Okay, so you've written to the health minister. What do you want or What kind of action are you looking for?
3: Uh, we did join with several other organizations to um, to ask the health minister to to uh, take a close look at this and and monitor the situation. Um, impacting the insulin supply specifically from our point of view is something that cannot happen. Um, It would result in in major changes and and potentially um, life changes for people with diabetes here in Canada. So we are very concerned about the potential impact. Yeah, but what,
1: what, what do you think she could do about it?
3: We need to have an active monitoring system to ensure um, there is a flag that gets raised when there are drug shortages, and and that uh, that they're currently um, investigating policy solutions here in Canada that could address this issue. Should um, should this continue in this way, this this has potential to really snowball, and we need the the minister to be proactive and the health department of health to be proactive in offering solutions to address the issue quickly. So my understanding is that this um this is on their radar and that they' um, that they're actively looking at what uh, options are available uh, but uh, we felt it was really important to um, as a collective group of healthcare professionals and patients
1: um, to uh, really underscore how important and significant these changes are. Dean, I mean, it sounds like uh, almost a, a technology fix is needed. How soon do you find out uh, that something that you uh, dispense for your patients is going to be, sh- Is there's going to be a shortage?
4: Well, it's pretty quick, uh, Libby. And, and, you know, before any medication sort of goes to an actual shortage, it usually gets put on what we call allocation. So I was just going to say that, you know, I mean, a diabetic patient that has a relationship with a pharmacist is one of our most known patients because they're in there all the time. And, you know, uh, some advice for, for the patients out there that might, you know, if this, if this amounts to anything is that, you know, make yourself have that conversation with your pharmacist in order to kind of ensure that that medication is there for you because we get a lot of warning as a pharmacist. You know, like I said, oh, you know, the rumors, you know, the the caravan, before it would go to shortage, it would be put on an allocation and my pharmacy would be restricted to buy X number of products before it would actually be an actual shortage where I actually couldn't even get it. Um, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's a hierarchy of things that happen. Um, but the good news is that uh, you know, I do get fair warning before it actually goes to a shortage.
1: Okay, well, uh, at least that is good news. So uh, we have this letter out to the health minister, not clear what exactly she could be doing about it. Uh, We're going to wrap this one up. Uh, What would you like to leave us with Seema Nagpal? Um,
3: I guess just to say that, um, you know, we we are raising the concerns but have a lot of sympathy for those um, parents and families. Um, accessing insulin is not something that um, that should be difficult or or a barrier. There shouldn't be any barriers. It's life sustaining therapy for these people. And and uh, while we have a lot of work to do at home, our heart goes out to those people living with diabetes in the U.S. who um, who can't get access to the insulin that they need.
2: Okay, and Joelle. I'd say action is needed now. So, you know, in terms of what the minister could do and others, I think that the, what's really what, the message we'd like to sort of leave behind is that we don't want to be sort of caught at the 11th hour trying to figure out what to do once this passes and uh, or if and when it passes and we're, um, you know, we're starting to see shifts in, in, in purchasing. So, you know, I think we want to be preventative as well and make sure that we have a plan in place to, to respond to things as they happen, and to, to come up with something that's going to be comprehensive and support patients. Be uh, you know, uh, help prevent drug shortages that happen in the in the first place, and then also provide tools for patients and healthcare providers when those shortages happen to make sure that they're getting a good experience and and continuing the the level of care they've come to uh, to know and expect from uh, Canadian pharmacists and from Canadian healthcare providers.
1: And Dean,
4: yeah, I agree with uh, with the other speakers. Uh, last word from me, I think is that, you know, the, the patient, uh, and a diabetic patient at that have that great relationship with a, uh, with a pharmacist. We get medication every day of the week, pretty much here in pharmacy across Canada. It's a luxury and, uh, Just keep uh, talking to your pharmacist about this if it looks like it's going someplace.
1: Okay. Thank you all for joining us. And uh, I'm sure this is going to come up again, unfortunately. Uh, And that is Joelle Walker, Seema Nagpal, and Dean Miller. Thank you.
0: Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.